On today's episode, the Rockford Ice Hogs took game one, three to two in overtime over the Iowa Wild. I'll go over my biggest takeaways from the game and I'll also get into Andreas Athanasiu's season recap. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, April 20th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, whether you're a consistent listener of the show or a first-time listener and haven't done so already, please make sure to go and show some support. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's 100% for free and really does help me out tremendously. While you're there, make sure to smash the like button. Go and comment down below and turn on those push notifications so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. For all you audio listeners, you can also follow along 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts. You can also go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, which I would also greatly appreciate. It only takes two seconds to really go and show some support for the show. I'm really trying to grow this thing over the summer, so I greatly appreciate all of your support. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And while, yes, this show, Locked On Blackhawks, is known for being the one-stop shop for all things Blackhawks, the next, hopefully, couple of weeks, maybe even the next month or so, it's also going to be the one-stop shop for all things Rockford Ice Hogs because, well, obviously, the Chicago Blackhawks are not uh, taking part in any of the Stanley Cup playoff action that kicked off a couple of days ago, but their minor league affiliate Rockford Ice Hogs were able to clinch a spot in the Calder Cup playoffs on the final day of the regular season, putting them into a best of three play in series against the Iowa Wild. For the second consecutive year, the Ice Hogs are taking part in the best of three play in series. And last night was game one at the BMO Center down in Rockford. Another really close and contested game between these two teams, as expected. I talked about this on yesterday's episode. Out of the 12 meetings in the regular season, folks, seven of them wound up going into overtime. Well, for the eighth time this year, a matchup between the Ice Hogs and Wild. Uh, Needed more than just 60 minutes, but fortunately, the Ice Hogs were able to come away with a 3-2 victory thanks to a huge OTGWG from trade deadline acquisition, Rocco Grimaldi, who was a force to be reckoned with all night long, one of my uh, biggest stars from this victory last night from the Ice Hogs. But before I kind of break down this win in game one, I want to make sure to remind you all that I recently was joined by Rockford Ice Hogs defenseman Alec Regula and forward Ryder Rolston ahead of this series earlier on this week. And if you haven't checked out those episodes yet, make sure to go and do that. You can go and easily click on the YouTube channel and find those two videos. They're each 
about 15 minutes long, and both Alec and Ryder provided some great insight on where they think their game's at right now, also where kind of the mentality inside the locker room is, and just some great information leading up to the Calder Cup playoffs. You're going to want to go and check this good stuff out. Please make sure to go to go and do so. Uh, and while you're there, make sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so already. If you are enjoying those interviews, and hit the like button as well because that helps grow the show also. But getting into game one between the Ice Hogs and the Wild, like I mentioned, another close contested game throughout uh, the course of regulation. The Ice Hogs actually were the ones that really got off to the roaring start in the opening 20 minutes. But funny enough, uh, the Wild were actually the ones that managed to strike first off. Kind of a lucky bounce. A shot rang off the post. Arvid Soderblom, who was in net <clears throat> for the fourth consecutive game for Rockford. Actually, I think it's been more than that. I don't believe Jackson Stauber has played in like three weeks now. Um, but the shot rang off the post. Soderblom and the Ice Hogs defensemen weren't really sure where it bounced to. And it ended up bouncing right to uh, the stick of a wild forward with a yawning cage. But after that, the Ice Hogs responded just 18 seconds later with a beautiful goal from David Gust uh, to tie the game one to one. And then actually late in the period, Brett Sini put the Ice Hogs ahead two to one. <laughs> and gave them the lead going into the first intermission. But yeah, I thought it was a really strong start from the Ice Hogs. Kind of unfortunate that they gave up the opening goal because they really could have been ahead by more given how dominant the opening uh, opening period was. The middle frame was kind of more of the same. The Wild did start to get their feet under them and came with a little bit of a better charge. They managed to tie the game with a power play goal 2-2, two to two, but it still felt like the Ice Hogs were kind of in control of things going into the final frame. The third period, though, was when the Ice Hogs really needed Arvid Soderblom to come up big. Uh, the Wild were coming with their best push of the night. Momentum started to swing in their favor. They had some wind in their sails, but Soderblom shut them down in that third period to keep the game tied going into overtime. And then not too long into the extra frame, Rocco Grimaldi makes a steal, uh, creates a turnover himself in the offensive zone, and then a beautiful shot to blow it past wild prospect Jesper Wallstead, a former first-round pick, um, and lifting the Ice Hogs to a huge Game 1 victory. Reminder, this is just a best-of-three play-in series, so the Ice Hogs with a one nothing advantage. That's going to be huge for them. They only have to win one time in these final two games that are now, by the way, getting shifted over to Iowa with the Wild being uh, the fourth seed, the Ice Hogs being the fifth seed. Obviously, that gives Iowa home ice advantage. So games two and three will be uh, held out in Iowa. So really big that the Ice Hogs were able to take advantage of their home ice and get the job done. And now it's looking like uh, they'll have a good opportunity to close things out on Friday when these two teams meet again for game two. But some of my biggest takeaways that I had from this game last night, first and foremost, Isaac Phillips was a man on a mission to me. He was the best player on the ice last night. And it was very evident from the early going And He really looks like he's the full package at this level. I mean, I, I know, um, He's probably not going to be doing the same things, at least as consistently as what we see him doing in the A. But to me, it's just so apparent that uh, Isaac Phillips is ready to become a full-time NHL next season. I mean, he's got the size and the physicality for it. He made some great awareness and high hockey IQ plays last night. The speed was on display uh, on the opening goal of the game or no, it was on Brett Sini's goal, actually. It was all created off a play made 
by Isaac Phillips. He chips the puck up to himself in the offensive zone, wins a foot race to get the cycle started in the offensive zone. Shout out to his D partner, Alec Regula, too, recent guest here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Shameless little plug right there. He also kept that play alive uh, by pinching up in the offensive zone, but Phillips was really the star of this play with that speed in order to uh, start the whole thing off. And then when the puck finds him at the left point, makes some beautiful moves with the puck on his stick to free up some space. His shot does get deflected on its way to the net, but it takes a lucky bounce and finds Brett Sini for the yawning cage right in front. So that was just one example of Isaac Phillips kind of being dominant and doing whatever he wanted last night, offensive zone, defensive zone. I loved how aggressive he was offensively too, because uh, it felt like every time he had an opportunity to, he jumped up in the play or he was down low in front of the net trying to get a shot off. I love to see the aggression out of Isaac Phillips last night, the speed, the size, that puck handling, the offensive ability that, you know, maybe he doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, that was all very evident last night, and I'm super excited about the future of Isaac Phillips. He was phenomenal on that top D pairing with Alec Regula last night. Also, Lucas Reichel, no surprise here. The kid can absolutely fly, and he just has the ability it feels like to do something special each and every time he's out there on the ice. And a reminder, the kid's still only 20 years old at this point. The sky really feels like it's the limit for Lucas Reichel. I loved getting him a lot of NHL action down the stretch and then sending him back down to Rockford to kind of take what he learned and then come back and be the leader for this Ice Hogs team. I know he didn't wind up on the stat sheet last night, but he very easily could have. He still impacted the game in a big way, and I expect Lucas Reichel uh, to be very active in games two and three, if necessary, in this series. And also, putting him on a top line with Rocco Grimaldi, who, by the way, was a phenomenal trade deadline acquisition, along with Joey Anderson, two guys who... You know, the AHL is weird because you have guys like Joey Anderson and a better example is like Rocco Grimaldi, who's tore up the AHL his entire career, mostly in the Central Division, funny enough, a lot of it against the Ice Hogs. Now he's finally doing it for them. Uh, but he's one of those guys where, kind of like Dylan Secura, where for whatever reason, whenever he got called up to the NHL, he just couldn't produce at the same clip. But going down to the A, they're one of the best scorers over a point per game guy to give Lucas Reichel, not only Rocco Grimaldi, but Joey Anderson on that top line. Look out, that trio has has the potential to be very deadly and to do a lot of damage throughout these Calder Cup playoffs. Also, I thought the additions this offseason of Luke Philp, Brett Sini, and David Gust were pivotal additions to this Rockford Ice Hogs club because last year uh, they were the fourth youngest team in the entire AHL. They didn't really have any of that veteran leadership or, or guidance to kind of help them throughout the postseason. Well, a couple of great acquisitions by general manager Kyle Davidson to bring these guys in and help the AHL roster really focusing and, and putting um a key on what's going on down here in Rockford. Sure, you want to have lots of young talent and prospects that you're hopeful will be, you know, pieces of the puzzle at the NHL one day, but you also need to put the right pieces around them too. You can't just have a young roster and expect them to succeed. So I've thought the additions of Sini, Philp, and Gust were just wonderful additions. That second line of those three really uh, were phenomenal again last night, and those two wound up scoring uh, both goals for the Ice Hogs in regulation. So I, I think those were just very pivotal additions, along with 
Andy Walensky on the back end. No one will ever remember this, but Andy Walensky was part of the return for the Patrick Kate from the Patrick Kane trade at the trade deadline. He's been an anchor down there on the third pairing, has 50 games of AHL playoff experience under his belt. Nice veteran add to the back end for the Ice Hogs as well. And just in general, this Ice Hogs defense is so deep to me. Not only, you know, I obviously talked about Isaac Phillips, but I thought Alec Regula had a really strong game jumping up on that play to help create the Ice Hogs second goal. He also laid a huge hit in center ice. I thought he was just very poised and under control last night. I also liked uh, his movement with the puck on the power play. And then Alex Vlasic, I thought he had a really strong game too on that second deep pairing with Jakob Galvis. Philip Ruse threw some nice stretch passes and has some good size. This Ice Hogs defense is really deep. The problem with that is you don't know exactly how they're all going to fit in at the NHL level in the future. And of note, kind of interesting to hear Scott Powers of The Athletic come out with an article this morning saying Alec Regula is kind of a guy – He's an RFA who's going to be on the fringe this summer. And it sounds that uh, sounds like defenseman Jakob Galvis may be heading back to Europe after the completion of the season. So those are certainly some things to keep an eye out for as well. And then my last takeaway, Arvid Soderblom loves him some playoff hockey. In the play-in series last year against the Texas Stars, he was an absolute monster. He did everything in his power in that first-round series against the Chicago Wolves, but they were throwing like 50 shots a game at him. Uh, but another stellar performance from Soder Bloom last night, stopping 29 of the 31 shots that he faced. As I mentioned, he came up biggest in the third period when his team needed to the most. The Iowa Wild were kind of surging there, were rifling some shots off on that. They actually uh, wound up with the lead in shots on goal in the third period after being pretty decently outshot in the first and the second. They came with a strong push in the third, but Soder Bloom stood tall, big part in helping this game getting into overtime, leading to a 3-2 win for the Ice Hogs. All right, there is my quick recap of game one between the Ice Hogs and the Wild. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into some updates on a few Blackhawks prospects taking part in the CHL playoffs. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Well, then you gotta try Built Bar. And I know some of you out there are saying, well, what makes Built Bar taste so good? First off, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and have unbelievable flavors such as cinnamon churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and plenty more. Plus, they only have 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in every single bar. And right now, you can go on down to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get you a four-pack of Built Bars. You used to have to order these things online and wait around for them to get delivered to your front door, but now you can skip out on the wait, go on down to Walmart or Sam's Club, and get you a four-pack of Cinnamon Churro Built Bars or Double Chocolate Built Bars, or make sure to try out Built Bar Puffs. They're unbelievable as well. I promise you'll be thanking me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, I wanted to let you all know about some of the awesome stuff that I have cooking up for Lockdown Blackhawks this offseason. Starting later on in this episode, of course, I will be bringing back my annual season recap segment where I go over each player's season and 
dish out a report card grade at the end. I'll also be starting my NHL draft profiles for the 2023 NHL draft. At this moment, the Blackhawks have two first-round picks and the potential to get more. So I love diving into NHL prospect, NHL draft prospects. Going to be starting that here sometime soon. I'll also be going through potential free agency signings for the Blackhawks this summer. And then in the coming weeks, I'm going to have Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago on the show. I also am hoping to keep interviewing members of the Rockford Ice Hogs as they go through what is hopefully going to be a long and successful playoff run. So lots of good stuff coming up on Lockdown Blackhawks here in the offseason. Make sure to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel to stay up to date on all of that great content. All right, segment two. Let's talk for a moment about how some of the Blackhawks' top prospects are faring so far for their respected junior clubs in the CHL playoffs. At this point, the Blackhawks still have five prospects alive in the CHL playoffs. First and most notably, the juggernaut in the wagon, the runaway freight train that is the Seattle Thunderbirds. Last night, they swept Prince George with an 8-2 victory in Game 4, advancing them to the Western Conference Final in the WHL. They also swept the Kelowna Rockets in the first round. Yeah, the Seattle Thunderbirds are just running through everyone right now. They outscored Prince George 22-5 to in that second round series. Uh, it's almost unfair, the talent that they have on this team. And of course, there are three Blackhawks prospects on the Thunderbirds roster, most notably Kevin Korchinski, the seventh overall pick in the 2023 NH- 2022 NHL draft. Excuse me. Um, oddly enough, Korchinski didn't wind up on the stat sheet last night, didn't contribute to any of the eight goals that Seattle put up, and he was actually a plus zero on the night. So kind of one of those uh, rare nights where Kevin Korchinski doesn't contribute offensively, but he still has uh, nine points, all assists, in eight postseason games so far for Seattle. Colton Dock has really exploded here these past couple of games. He had a three-point effort last night, scored his second goal of the WHL playoffs. That now gives him uh, – Eight point nine points in eight games, excuse me, two goals and six assists. Nolan Allen had himself a big game too, two assists last night and was plus six in the T-Birds, eight to two victory over Prince George. Nolan Allen, another first round pick for the Hawks, this one and back in 2021, also has six points, one goal and five assists in eight games. So Seattle, they're going to see if they can keep it rolling here in the Western Conference final for the WHL. I just have a hard time seeing anyone beating this team in seven games. I mean, they are absolutely loaded. Brad Lambert's like a three-point-per-game player at this point. It's crazy, all the talent that the Thunderbirds have on their roster. going to be interesting to see whoever their next opponent is, whether or not they can give uh, them a fight because Kelowna and Prince George weren't able to do very much in the opening two series. Then Samuel Savoy in the Gatineau Olympiques swept their second-round series against Roy Naranda, advancing them to the QMJHL semifinals. They also defeated St. John's 4-1 to in the opening round, so Gatineau and Samuel Savoy moved to 8-1 and so far in the QMJHL postseason. Savoy has been, you know, for how dominant 
this Gatineau team has been. Savoy's been a little bit quiet. He does have seven points in nine playoff games, two goals and five assists, but it feels like he's been on the quieter front for the last couple of months now. I talked about it a lot on the show. He was off to a roaring start in the regular season, well over a point-per-game guy before going ice cold down the stretch of the year that actually led to Savoy getting demoted down to Gatineau's third line, and he actually uh, finished as less than a point-per-game player, ending the year with 59 points, 26 goals, and 33 assists in 60 regular season games. But Gatineau, I mean, if he can provide depth and an impact role down on that third line, I'm sure Gatineau will be just fine with that. They're going to be taking on Sherbrooke, in the QMJHL semifinals. And funny enough, Gatineau and Sherbrooke tied atop the standings this season in the West with 105 points. So should be a very good semifinal matchup in the QMJHL playoffs. Hopefully Savoy can get it going and really uh, play his best as the series become more meaningful. And then last but certainly not least, Ethan Del Mastro and the Sarnia Sting are going for the series sweep tonight, actually against the Saginaw Spirit in Game 4 of their second-round matchup. Of course, that means Sarnia is up 3 to nothing at this point. They defeated uh, the Gulf Storm 4-2 to two in the first round. So 7-2 and two so far here in the OHL playoffs. They would have actually uh, faced off against Blackhawk, fellow Blackhawks prospect Gavin Hayes and the Flint Firebirds here in the second round if they were able to beat Saginaw in Game 7. Unfortunately, they did not, and that put an end to Gavin Hayes' season. But what a phenomenal season it was for Gavin Hayes, another forward prospect that was added in the 2022 NHL draft that we can be very excited about. But for Del Mastro, he's been you know, playing a top-pairing role for Sarnia ever since they acquired him at the deadline. He's also been wearing the A for them, which I think is pretty cool from a newly acquired guy. Uh, and so far in nine postseason games, Ethan Del Mastro has tallied eight points, all assists, and in 30 games, 30 regular season games with the uh, with the Sting after being acquired, he tallied 38 points, five goals, and 33 assists. So Del Mastro has been a huge part of Sarnia's success since being acquired by them from Mississauga. They got a chance to close it out in game four tonight over Guelph to advance to the OHL semifinals. All right, there is a quick update on all of the Blackhawks prospects left in the CHL playoffs. Coming up in just a moment, I still got to get into number 89, Andreas Athanasiu's season recap segment. But first, I need to let you all know about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, make sure to head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage portion and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop with eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to bring home from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So go and get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, before I wrap up the show for today, folks, Still need to get into our first 
season recap segment of the offseason. And for those of you who uh, are new to the show in the last year, first off, welcome aboard. And just as a reminder, the season recap segment is a staple of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast here in the offseason. That's fairly simple. I go over a quick recap of each Blackhawks player season. Obviously, this year, uh, a lot of guys and a lot of the leading scorers and most impactful players were shipped out at the deadline, so there aren't really as many to go through. Um, I also have a requirement that player needs to play in at least 20 games to be given a season recap segment. I think anything less is kind of too small of a sample size. And then also we're just kind of going through, you know, there were so many players that came through the revolving door from Rockford to Chicago this season. I don't think it's necessarily fair to break them all down, especially if they only played eight or nine games or something. So you have to have played 20 games for the Blackhawks this season. There's only one exception I'm making, and that's for defenseman Nikita Zaitsev, who won't be going for quite a while now. But yeah, pretty simple process. I talk about each player's season at the end. I give them a grade. And also on social media, I always asks, I always asks, great grammar, Jack. Good stuff. I always ask on social media what grade you think each of these players deserve. So uh, make sure to follow at Talking Hockey on Twitter and capital L-O Blackhawks on Instagram. Make sure to go and follow the Instagram account, by the way. Lots of good clips and stuff being posted there throughout the offseason, as well as me asking what grade you think each player deserved for their production this season. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into Andreas Athanasiu's 2022-2023 season recap segment. And for Athena CU coming into the year, obviously signing a one-year $3 million contract, a matching deal to Max Domi, the expectation was that he would more than likely get shipped out by the Blackhawks at the trade deadline in return for some sort of asset. And the bigger hope was that Athena CU was going to get a large role inside the Blackhawks top six early on in the season would which would then as a result help boost his trade value the Blackhawks can maximize on that opportunity and maximize on a return for him at the deadline but unfortunately what kind of happened was Athens CU really got off to a slow first couple of months to his Blackhawks tenure he actually only wound up tallying 10 points in his first 33 games with the team, seven goals and three assists in his first 33 games with the Blackhawks. Yikes, not a very good first half for Andreas Athanasiu. And that kind of led to him getting demoted down on the third line, was kind of the odd man out of the top six and didn't really get to play with, at the time, the Blackhawks' most productive point producers in Patrick Kane and Max Domi. That's where he opened the year. He didn't take advantage of his opportunity And that kind of led to Luke Richardson moving him down the lineup. But then once, you know, the trade deadline started to get closer and closer, uh, honestly, not not even the trade deadline. Things started to go better for Athanasiu really when the calendar turned and hit 2023. Starting in mid to late January, you could tell he was playing some better hockey. He was finding his groove a little bit. And then once, you know, the Blackhawks trade away, Max Domi, Patrick Kane, on uh, not Andreas Athanasiu, Sam Lafferty, Jonathan Taves goes down and uh, isn't there for two months right after the All-Star break. Then Athanasiu really got kind of thrown into the fire and was kind of the head honcho for the Blackhawks offense, uh, particularly in the last month of the season or so. And it kind of wound up being 
a tale of two halves for Andreas Athanasiu because um, after the Blackhawks traded away, you know, all of their big guns at the deadline, that's funny enough when he started to play his best hockey. It wasn't when he was playing with Patrick Kane and Max Domi. No, it was actually when he took their spot and became really the facet of the, the Blackhawks top line. So it was a very kind of interesting dynamic for Andreas Athanasiu. It didn't really make sense of when he was playing his best hockey, like also in what the final eight, nine games for the Blackhawks this season, he was playing center. Andreas Athanasiu has been a wing his entire NHL career, at least, you know, since departing Detroit. I don't think he played much down the middle for that organization either, but he actually handled playing the center position really well. And he and Lucas Reichel established some awesome chemistry together late in the season. And Athanasiu ended up finishing out the year on an unbelievable run. He had 20 points in the final 24 games of the season, eight goals and 12 assists. Not only was the goal scoring evident, and that's always been the side of Athanasio that's been the most prevalent is his goal scoring, but his playmaking ability started to pick up as well when he went down the middle. 12 assists in 24 games. Let me remind you, this is the same guy that had three assists in the first 33 games of the season. So to see Athanasio kind of... um have this almost full circle moment. It, it was really wild down the stretch of the season that this is when he was playing his best hockey in that season finale against Philadelphia. He honestly looked like Connor McDavid out there. I mean, he was on a mission to get the W for Jonathan Taves closes out the season on a four game point streak, his longest point streak of the entire year. And he also had a four multi-point efforts in the Blackhawks final seven games of the season. So pretty crazy how it, uh Kind of once everyone got dealt, that's when Athanasiu started playing his most consistent and his best hockey. But it's a weird game and weird things happen at all times. Uh, and thanks to his late push down the season, by the way, Athanasiu ended up reaching the 20 goal plateau for just the second time in his career, and the first since scoring 30 with the Detroit Red Wings way back in 2018 2019. So, all in all, looking at the numbers for Athanasiu, we actually uh, led the team with 81 games played this season. Uh, also led the team with 20 goals, tied with Taylor Radish, the only two 20 goal scorers on the Blackhawks this season. Both ended up with 20. Athanasiu matched that with 20 assists and was the leading point getter for the Blackhawks this season with 40 points. Obviously, that probably would have not been the case had the Blackhawks kept Patrick Kane, Max Domi, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Andres Athanasiu would not have been the leading point scorer, but still regardless, the fact that his late charge led to him being the leading point scorer for this Blackhawks team, you can't use that as a knock on him whatsoever. Only three power play goals this year for Athanasiu, although he was mostly used on that second unit. And we know how the Blackhawks second power play units have done over the years. Uh, not very good, Bob. So not all that surprising that Andres Athanasiu only had three PPGs in 81 games. A couple of intriguing statistics here, at least intriguing for me. Athanasiu shot 11.4% this season, which is below career average, but he did reach 20 goals for just the second time in his career. Now, I do believe 81 games should have this up in front of me right now. I do believe that's the most that Athanasiu has ever played in a season, but still the fact that he hit 20 and was a below average on his career shooter this season, I think that tells you the special goal scoring ability that this guy has. He also saw the second most ice time that he's seen per game in a season was 16 minutes. 
And at the faceoff dot, as I talked about, Athens CU fared better there than I think anyone expected. He won 46.6% of his draws down the stretch of the season for the Blackhawks when he was, <clears throat> excuse me, thwarted into the first line center position. And then as far as some of his analytics, the Corsi percentage was surprisingly good for Athens CU, 47.8%. The reason why I say surprisingly is because, you know, with the Blackhawks being, I'm sure, one of the worst analytical teams in the entire NHL again this season, not very many players are going to have Corsi percentages near 50%. So for Athanasiu to be at 47.8, I do think that's very respectable. He was also on the ice for 58 goals for at even strength to 74 against. That's what's going to happen when you're a big-time minute eater on one of the worst teams in the NHL. You're going to be on the ice for a lot of goals against. Don't hold that against Athanasio, and don't hold that against Seth Jones. I'm sick of hearing about Seth Jones's plus minus. Such a dumb statistic and a dumb explanation for saying he's bad. Stop that. But anyways, taking all of this into consideration for Athanasio, second time 20 goal score, leading goal score for this Blackhawks team, leading point getter, leader in games played, performed really well at the center position and down the stretch when the Blackhawks uh, didn't really have anyone left on the roster to carry this team offensively. So all things considered, I'm going to give Andreas Athanasiu a B-plus for his performance this season. Looking at the poll on Twitter, uh, about 50% of the voters said that Andreas Athanasiu deserved a B. I, I don't really see how he can do any worse than that. I know it's a little disappointing that he wasn't good enough in the first half for the Blackhawks to flip him for something, you know, uh, of great help, uh, of noteworthy addition at the deadline, but Maybe that's still in the cards to do it next year. I mean, Athanasiu is going to be a UFA, and the Blackhawks have to like what they saw out of him at the end of the season, and they'll certainly have the financial means to give him a pretty lofty offer in order to hit that salary cap floor and to bring him back. I, You know, maybe he wants some a little bit more security at this point in his career. I still don't know if he's going to find that. I feel like a one-year deal is still most likely for Athanasiu, whether it's Chicago or somewhere else. And maybe the Blackhawks give him the most lucrative offer and they try to flip him once again at the deadline and hope it works out this time around. So we'll see how it all goes. Andreas Athanasiu officially becomes a UFA on July 1st, but based on his strong performance in the second half of the season, I know he was a disappointment in the first half, but I'm still going to give him a B plus for his performance on the season. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, April 20th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, and that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.